the University of the Free State presents a series of conversations with outstanding alumni from this great institution. Voices from the Free State. So I think the woman that I am today is very key, you know, to the the type of person that my son will be when he grows up. Um, interestingly enough, when I think about my mother and how she went back to the university um, just after my dad died, um, I want to mention that when my father passed away, my mom was 25 years old. Um, she got married at a very young age and to a man who was a bit 15 years older than her so when he passed away she was 25 years old with two kids then she decided she's going back to university and I always tell you know women that struggle to make a decision of whether they should go back to school or just stay with their kids that when I think about my mom in university I don't I don't become sad I don't think oh you know we didn't even have a lot of time with her and then she spent most of it at university I think about like I just have memories of visiting her, enjoying time with her at university, meeting her friends, seeing university life. And I think subconsciously it had an impact on the kind of person that I am. Um, so, for example, when my son was four years old, I went to do an MBA. I started an MBA at the African Leadership University and I would go. It was a part time MBA. So I would go every three months. Um, I would leave for two a week I think 10 days um, and then in 2018 I decided to take my son and go to Ireland to go work at PwC Ireland for a year I needed a break from Lesotho um, and we were there for a whole year and these are you know bold decisions that I believe other women would be really afraid to make but um, I was reading a book by Brene Brown recently that is called Daring Greatly and in it she talks about how our kids will become who we are we will not teach our kids through theory. I won't speak success into my, my child's life. If I mimic success and I mimic uh, boldness and I mimic courage, then that's what my child is. I mean, my child will mimic that if I show him that. So I really believe that who I am today is very important um, to who my child will be. My child is always watching me. I mean, just the other day he was saying, mommy, uh, I'm so proud of you because when I was young, you was working and now you are still working. I don't even know where that came from, uh, but he usually sees me sitting in the study working away um, and he knows when it's mommy's work time and when it's not. So um, I really also feel blessed to be living in a generation where as a woman, I have a choice and I can make these choices with the support of my spouse, who's been a great, great support system, which is also very important because I don't know if if he insisted that I stay at home um, or not even stay at home because, you know, you can you can decide as a woman that you want to stay at home and that is the choice that you make. So if my husband had his own idea of who I wanted to be and he decided that that's what 
I should be and it was different from the idea that I have of myself then obviously um, this would be very much more difficult to do you know so I really feel blessed that we are part of the gener- a generation of women that have all these choices um, and I think our kids will greatly benefit from that. So I think failure is very important in life. It's actually a part of life because it helps us develop as people. And not only failure, I mean, pain as well, setbacks in life, anything that doesn't go according to our plan um, helps us develop muscles, you know, that we didn't think we needed to develop. Um, And it, it shows us weaknesses in our lives that need a bit attention. And if we can use failure as an opportunity to learn, um, then we can gain the lesson of that failure in my in life. Um, and how I've seen this in my life is the one failure that I spoke about of failing, um, you know, my honors in university. Um, that was one big failure, one first big failure for me. And it doesn't mean that after one you failed and you've made the best of that failure that you you get used to failure you know later in life you know there've been other failures or setbacks or you know challenges in my life where i've had to I learn again once again that okay it's okay to be in in a situation where you hadn't planned to be and to then see the basically what you learn from that situation. So I'll, I'll make an example with um, the fact that I, I spoke about how my career hasn't been a straight journey. So for example, if I had stayed in auditing, I would be a partner now and I would be a celebrated partner because I would be, I'm 31 years old. So you don't really get a lot of people being partner at 31 years old. And so sometimes when I feel, when I start feeling like maybe my career is not where I would have been if I were, if I had stayed in South Africa um, and I start comparing myself to my peers in South Africa who honestly have way more opportunities than I think anywhere um, in the rest of Africa. Um, I start feeling like, oh, I wish I had stayed in South Africa. And then I start feeling like a failure. But if I look at the kind of skills I've had to develop by working in Lesotho, in the environment that I'm working in, through doing the initiatives that I've had to do, which only makes sense here, because in South Africa, for example, you know, there is a professional development program for young professionals. So I wouldn't be somebody to to go and do that. So in this space, you find yourself doing things because there is a lack of things. If you focus on on what is not there or you focus on the challenges without focusing on what they are there to teach you, then you miss that lesson and you miss the person that you become in the journey of dealing with the failure. My decision to move to Lesotho was for the most part based on my desire to live a life of purpose. Um, when I was in Bloom, just for a bit of context, I was going to a church called Christian Revel Church. And, you know, one of the recurring sermons of the church was about um, what is the one thing that you would do, that you want to do and you need to do before you die. And when I looked at the life that I was living then, um, at the time I was still a financial planner, um, and like the type of things I had to do on a daily basis, go to to the depots and count stock and do all those things. I didn't feel that that's what I wanted to be doing. And I also felt that, you know, the kind of job that I'm doing, if I leave tomorrow or I die tomorrow, 
like finding a replacement would be so easy because there's not a lot that I'm doing that is bringing Dike Lady and the core of who Dike Lady is to the workplace. It was pretty much just doing what anybody could pick up and do tomorrow. So I really had a deep, deep dissatisfaction around purpose. And I also started realizing that I'm somebody that really needs to fulfill. Um, I need to feel like I'm bringing all of myself to work. And I need to feel that I'm doing something that is important to the betterment of society, which I didn't feel then. So I then obviously, because I had always wanted to go back to Lesotho, felt I think that is the best place for me to go and live out, you know, this desire. So since starting Inspire Innovation, a big part of what we do is um, entrepreneurship development and mentorship. The core of it is skills development. What I realized as I started working in Lesotho and being involved in different things, I realized that the only way to take this country forward is if we build the skills, if we build people. You know, our motto at, at the Inspire Mentorship Program is build people, build the nation. So I've now really shifted my focus to the need to build people, capacitate people with skills, capacitate people with the ability to choose, you know, what they want to do and to to discover themselves and to locate themselves within the society as an important part of the society and as people that can contribute to the society. So the role that I see us playing really is, is that in as much as part of what we do is serving organizations, but the focus is the people in those organizations, making sure that the people feel that they can build the organizations or that they can build institutions or that they can um, contribute to solving the problems of the society. That's the bigger vision, you know, but obviously we take small steps to get there. We work with small groups of people, make them aware of their purpose, um, make them interrogate their values, make them interrogate their, their contribution to society. Um, but we also believe that you can't give what you don't have. So the first part of what we do is capacitating people to help themselves as individuals. And we believe that when people's cups are full, then they can start looking around and saying, what role can I play in society? So we don't believe in placing a big burden on people who don't have much to develop their country. You know, they can't give what they don't have. So a big emphasis is on capacitate people, give them skills, give them resources to better their lives. And consequently, other people's lives will become better in the process. All along throughout my school career and my university career, I was surrounded by my siblings. Both of them are medical doctors as well. Um, my brother preceded me two years before me to study medicine at the University of the Free State and really introduced me to the wonderful varsity life in terms of involvement in, in our residences, involvement in sport, involvement in um, leadership institutions and activities such as the RAC committee, um, house residency committees, SRC and my sister followed three years after me and, and and also followed the same path in terms of her versatile participation and she also studied medicine at the University of the Free State. So um, all three of us became medical doctors and where we are now in life 
we all do very different things, which I think bears testimony to the fact that if you are exposed to and you use the opportunities to really um, test a lot of things in life, um, life presents you with a lot of opportunities. And if you have the armor um, and the equipment uh, through your training and your education, which you had been privileged to have, it allows you to make decisions to, to do something that you really enjoy and that you really feel adds a lot of value to the, to the world because I think that's ultimately the most important thing is that all of us, I suppose, aim to leave the world a better place than what we found it. So I've been with Netcare for almost 14 years now. 2021, 7th of June will be 14 years. And it's been an amazing journey. Also very versatile. I've had a lot of different roles and I've grown progressively from a very operational and technical clinical person through various levels of managerial and leadership experience to where I currently hold the role of, of group medical director as a member of the executive um, and reporting to the Netcare board um, on the portfolio that I'm responsible for across um, our entire organization and the different divisions that we've had. But the importance of having started at ground level, packing the bags, checking the stock, literally putting together everything that you do with your own hands, working with people at ground level, um, was really valuable and I think in terms of the policy part of my role in all of those years um, starting from my internship up until today there was always the interaction between the public and the private sector there was lots of uh, political socio-economic um, learnings and applications in what we've been doing especially in our work across the African continent where we dealt with global insurance and global institutions but the reality of medicine in South Africa and actually in Africa which is vastly different um, in many instances from what we have in this country um, and I also think that the various disaster management projects that I've been involved with whether it was um, going out to big natural disasters to, to rescue and evacuate people, whether it was drought and warlike circumstances where we went to provide different kinds of support, was also a very important um, learning platform for me and which ultimately culminated in us being able to play a very important leadership role in Netcare in our country and our continent and globally in managing various pandemics and um, the most um, uh, front of mind at the moment, the COVID-19 pandemic um, globally. I think, I really think that you, you very rightly pointed out that my experience in the emergency medicine fraternity, I think taught me a lot around that, a lot around resilience and being focused on what you actually ultimately want to achieve. And I think those are two very important principles. The first is to always remind yourself of what you set out to achieve. Where are you going? Why are you doing it? Why are you passionate about it? And if you, if you do that, you, you tend to to be able to focus on where you are going despite all of the distractions and all of the difficulty that you may encounter along the way. There's, there's in, in, in all of our lives and, and daily and, and on a longer view, there's always things that deter us from achieving our goals. Um, but the second part to that is that you always have to be resilient, resilient and nimble in this regard. 
Um, so once again, the principles of emergency medicine uh, taught me was a very, very structured person and who always have a plan. I always have a plan. Um, my my friends and my colleagues always joke and ask whether I've got an Excel spreadsheet with infor- a, a formula built in to calculate um, how I'm going to execute the task that I'm busy with. So even if you have such structured a plan, life is going to throw some curveballs at you and you have to be able to be nimble and resilient to take those curveballs and to slightly adjust your plan without taking you off course completely so that in the end you achieve your goal but you may have um, gone about a little detour, you may have taken a little bit longer or a little bit faster you may have been unhappy or happy or experienced various different emotions in your journey towards that goal so I think focus um, because you you have to keep on reminding yourself that regardless of all the distractions that we face in everyday life the sense of achievement and the sense of accomplishment sits with you getting um, to where you actually wanted to go in the first instance but also the to be brave enough and resilient enough to to um, tailor that journey so that you one if you do if you realize that you are on the wrong journey you have to be brave enough to change course but also if your journey is just slightly interrupted or majorly interrupted that you are um, able to work through that and still get to where you wanted to go in the first instance So I um, have individuals that had stood out throughout my life, but I've also got a myriad of people that contributed in some way to empowering me to make these decisions. And for those, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And I think that's very important to have that. But it's also important to be that. I think that f- uh, we, we may not always realize that we are mentors to people and just in the way that we live our daily life. Um, there's this quote from Elena Bonham Carter, which I love, which um, reads something like, Everything in life is art, the way you walk, the way you dress, the way you talk. Um, and, and I think that that is very true, f- not only for art, but also for the mentorship role that you can play in people's life. Whatever you do, people witness and they see. And whether they admire you or whether they don't like you um, or whether they just um, on the same level as you, they take from that and they mirror that in their own lives. And therefore, we also have a responsibility uh, to be mentors in people's life um, on a daily basis. So you have to, to critically review what are the things that you have set out to achieve and what are the most important to you? What are the things that make you tick? What fills your cup? It is as important to, to fill your cup as it is to actually give to the world. If you, if you can't give to the world if you haven't filled your cup. So what is it that, that you need to fill your cup? And it's different for every person. Um, as women specifically, um, we make choices around how we balance or how we divvy up family life and family responsibilities um, and also all of our extracurricular and other interests and also our jobs. And it's a difficult thing on a day-to-day basis. But again, for me, as the principle that I've always applied throughout my life was that I see one thing as a break from another thing. So I don't feel like I necessarily have to have a lot of off time because I enjoy everything I do so much that if I take a break from my work to, for example, do stuff in my house, um, I, I see that as a break, the one from the other. And I see that as enriching my life because these are all things that I'm interested in. And in doing so, you realize that you don't have to trade these things off that you can do all of them very well, but that you have to have very strict rules and boundaries in place to be able to accommodate for all of that in every 24-hour period.
And I think the other important thing is that it doesn't help to put things off and to compartmentalize them in one day or someday or, you know, whenever I arrive, I'll get there. It's important to journey throughout your life um, and touching on each of these aspects of importance in your life on a daily basis because that ultimately is what makes what makes life is the the sum total of all of the days that you've lived so it isn't an easy thing it's not easy i think in the business world and and in every professional career to be able to juggle all of these balls and also if you are a perfectionist and you want to do things well it's even more difficult to do so but um, the power is in the decisions that you make every single day and to stay true to yourself and the things that you think is important and for every one of us it's different and we will find some people um, that we resonate with that can empower us in these choices along the way and I've been very lucky to to have that support structure around there. But I have also faced very difficult days. And the further you go in your career, the more demanding it becomes. Um, you realize that every phase of your life, you would think back to the previous one and think, mm, I thought that was tough. Um, you know, try this one. And in, in doing that, you actually know that the next step is probably going to be more challenging than that. But to be in the moment and to be grateful for, for what you've got and the choices that you have to and make and all of the wonderful things that fill your day even if sometimes it's it's quite draining and, and quite challenging ultimately and um, that becomes very rewarding i think it's to constantly um remind ourselves and to be reminded that whatever we have is just out of pure grace you know what you achieve and where you are uh, certainly is a combination of grace and grit it takes hard work um, to get yourself to certain positions and accomplishments in life. But I always remind myself that I, for example, was privileged to be handed or to be dealt a certain hand of cards. And all of us are dealt different hands of cards. And it's for us to make the most of those cards that we've been dealt with. And in doing so, take people along the journey with us. So we can say that we've worked hard, we've put a lot into something that we are proud to have had achieved but it's really i don't even know if it's 50 percent of the variables that you entered into the equation in the first instance so it's always to remain very uh, grateful and to be to remain very graceful so i would say grace and grit to always be reminded of the privilege that you have the talents the infrastructure the support structure the love um, whatever those things are that you believe that you are that you are very privileged to have been given or have been afforded, and then on the other hand, the responsibility of making the most of those cards that were dealt uh, that were dealt you. So great, a grace and grit. My grown-up years in Pretoria, I went to law school in Lipspark, um, which is in Centurion, and just up the road, Wurschkoswarko, um, where I went to do my high school years. Um, and those two schools and the opportunities I got within those different structures or different systems um, really helped me to excel as a person um, and as a sportswoman. And there's a lot of teachers and coaches who played a massive role and who I'm very grateful for the impact they had on my life. I can call them by name and I can still vividly remember 
for instance, when I was still in primary, one of my teachers, Yefra Anli, she always told me one day, Kola, you're going to play for the for the Pratia team. And the day I played my first game for the Pratias, um, she sent me flowers and congratulated me. Um, but then also from a young age, um, some of the teachers always proclaiming over my life that one day you're going to play big netball and you're going to play on the world stage. And they told me that from a young age and I slowly but surely like thinking back, probably started believing them and it was something I was working towards. So teachers and coaches definitely have a, had a massive impact on my life. Studying um, dietetics, it's a full-time course and it was really hard to juggle that and the netball and then also being in residence home, so like the student life. So in terms of that, um, still being a big fan of making sure you are balanced all over. So I made sure like I'm spending enough time at being a good student, um, enough time with my academics, but then also making sure I train hard um, and do well in the netball. But I feel like, as I said earlier, like the one just feels the other. So making sure you're happy in the residence home, happy having a good student life, but then also making sure you put in the hours, working hard to get, to get good results with your academics. Um, so all of that feels each other. And I feel like being balanced all over really helped me to um, to be successful but yeah it was um, going to university studying you pay a lot of money for that and you want to make sure you you pass and you do well um, so that you equip when you're done to go into that profession I definitely think we have a responsibility as individually living abroad to take what we learn back to South Africa and give back because um, that might be the only opportunity some people in South Africa gets to people being abroad. So I feel responsible and that's what I want to do one day is what I learn to take it back home and share with players and share with people. And that's kind of every time we go, every time I go back for a few months, that's kind of my mission, making sure I'm having a few coaching courses or sharing information with people um, through um, clinics and all of that. Um, so I definitely feel like we have the responsibility to um, give back what we've learned. And that's a great honor being able to do that. My biggest success to date, it's, it's very hard because I don't necessarily measure success on awards or anything like that. But a very proud moment was during 2019 World Cup when I received player of the tournament. That was a very proud moment. And not just like being proud of myself, but knowing that on that world stage, I'm not just representing myself, but... I'm representing so many South Africans and my story and the proudest moment was I'm a South African and I'm representing South African. So it's just showing the world what we are capable of as South Africans. So that was a very proud moment. Um, but yeah, success to me, as I said, is not necessarily a award, but it's that feeling of um, feeling content, um, being happy, 
when I'm doing this, what I'm currently doing, playing sport, and I walk onto that court, it's just that moment of everything I dreamed of and um, I'm just happy and feeling content. Then I know that is my definition of success. So it's feeling satisfied um, with where you're currently at. There were so many great people that had an impact on my life um, during my journey at the University of the Free State. But one thing that really stands out is that whole community feel and the community, um, so funny are the means uh, um, that lives in Bloemfontein and in the Free State, um, which is something that I really value. And it's probably the reason why we want to go back to Bloemfontein because of that community feel and you feel supported and people know what's going on and they're involved. So that's one thing I really appreciate from the University of the Free State, but also the people from Bloemfontein and the Free State. I really love the Free State. I think it's absolutely at the heart and the center of South Africa. And it's obviously one of the more sparsely populated and resourced and poorer provinces compared to, to Gauteng, where I live in at the moment, which is much more densely populated and which is really the economic um, heartbeat of the African continent. So I, I really have lived in the Free State. I've lived in KwaZulu-Natal and I've lived in Gauteng. And the Free State is always, will always be my home. I'm very grateful for the connections that I've had there, for the groundedness of growing up there. If I look now, just um, I've got a small child and looking at selecting schools and the choices that you have in, in, for example, Johannesburg versus just all the fantastic schools we had in Bloemfontein, a fantastic university. I get there um, on a regular basis till my parents still live in Bloemfontein. Um, and we have got some hospitals in the organization that I work in Bloemfontein. And also um, I remain involved in the University of the Free State as a university council member and a Senate member. And I absolutely love going back to the Free State. It was one of the things that I really missed in the past year and a half is traveling. And whether it was traveling, you know, overseas or to some exciting um, destinations, traveling to Bloemfontein um, every quarter for a council meeting was a big highlight for me as well. And going back to that institute where you have a sense of history and a sense of so many people who've been there before you have left such big and deep footprints in the history of this country and the history of medicine and the history of the different faculties and institutions on that campus. It's just an absolute sense of being grounded in a place that is solid and that gave me a good start um, for my professional and my academic career. So it's maybe not such a profound experience in terms of an interaction with one person, but it's certainly a place that's almost holy to me um, because of the impact that it has on people's lives and the way that it, it equips them um, in their journey, whether it is from a personal perspective or a professional perspective. It certainly is exactly what my parents said to me. It's, it's much, much more than an academic institution. It's much, much more than a learning school. It is a life school um, where you get equipped um, and exposed to, to absolutely wonderful individuals. In my journey, I learned that 
the community, whatever community I'm a part of, it is a result of the people that are in that community. And so if I want to make a community better, then I should participate, even if at that point it's not, um, you know, it's not as I would like it to be. So I think a lot of, um, especially black alumni that studied with me at the time, one of the things that they have to do is to reconcile with the university and to say, if we want this university to be what we will be proud of, which is, I mean, already, um, I mean, the, the, the university has transformed, you know, in a lot of ways um, that I am personally proud of. Um, but if we wanted to continue growing and continue transforming and continue uh, reflecting the society in which, you know, it exists, we need to contribute to it. And so we need to go back and be involved in whatever ways um, that we can be involved, um, either mentoring a student, um, contributing, you know, to funds for a student to study and be successful or contributing to university initiatives, you know, such as you know, this one, um, being part of the council where the highest decisions are made in the university. So as an alumna, I think we actually have a responsibility to go back with what we know, the skills that we have and the resources that we have and to make this university one of the best universities, maybe one of the top universities in South Africa. Voices from the Free State is produced and directed by Francois Van Skulvik and Keenan Carlzer. Post-production is provided by the UFS Alumni Office and production support by Adrian Hall. This podcast is produced for the UFS International Alumni Program. For further information regarding this series or to propose other alumni guests, please email us at alumnipodcasts at ufs.ac.za. Any views and opinions expressed in this recording are those of the individual guests and should not be attributed to the University of the Free State.